Today's episode of The Lutheran Cartographer is brought to you by Audible. Get a free trial offer with a free audiobook at audibletrial.com slash lutherancartographer. The Lutheran Cartographer, episode 19. Welcome to The Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in other places. Today we have the pleasure of going international for the first time. We're going to Norway to hear from Pastor Mikael Brun. He is the pastor of the parish in Songendal. Pastor Brun, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So you're from Norway. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to pastor the church that you're at right now. Uh, certainly. Well, I'm, um, I'm certainly um, a young pastor. I have um, just recently turned uh, 30. So I've been um, ordained for um, three and a half years. And um, I started uh, pastoring uh, a, a church in the, in the neighboring village uh, because they needed, uh, an, they needed a substitute pastor. And um, things uh, went on from there, and um, I had um, a short trip to the northern uh, Norway to also uh, substitute for um, a pastorate up there before I um, went south again and um, got the permanent pastorate in uh, my current parish. Congratulations. What, what is Thank the you. name of the village where you're pastoring now? The name of the village is Songendal. Okay. And uh, yeah, a hard name, I think, for uh, Americans to pronounce. Certainly. Yeah. I, I'm not going to attempt it right now. <laughs> uh, so tell us, help orient us uh, geographically. What part of Norway is that in? Well, technically, it's uh, what we call the western part of Norway. But it's uh, in the interior of the longest fjord in Norway. Okay. So I'm sort of in the middle of Norway. Um, the the geography in Norway is like that. You have um, in the middle of Norway, there's mountains all over the place. And then you have the eastern part and the western part. And I'm in the western part, even though it's uh, um, pretty far into the country. I see. And yes. tell us a little bit more about your background. What other parts of Norway have you lived in? Well, I am from the eastern part, uh, from, well, it's uh, not as much a village as a suburb, perhaps, to Oslo. Mm -hmm. So I'm uh, from just outside of Oslo. Okay. And uh, um, I also, like I said, live in the north of Norway um, as a pastor and also here in the west. Yeah, okay. so that's my geographical background, at least. All right. So tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, how how would you compare and contrast the different areas of Norway that you've lived in? Well, the the most striking part is uh, is the nature, of course, um, because Norway has magnificent nature, but uh, different parts have different kinds of uh, magnificent nature. So now I'm living in the part where people come for vacation and holidays and uh, where they have their cabins and things like that. Uh, whereas the area I grew up in is more a place people live because they live there. Yes. I see. But um, you, you could also say a lot about uh, the people living in, uh, 
in the different places. Um, mm -hmm. the, um, the people up in the north of Norway, they are famous actually for their hospitality. There, if you um, go to a, go to someone's house and uh, ring the doorbell, no one will open because they just expect you to go right in. Uh, so um, they are not quite like that where I am now. Um, perhaps if you know people well enough, uh, but uh, naturally in Oslo, if you just go into people's homes, I, I, I would not recommend that even in Oslo. <laughs> Yes. Okay. I know, I know it's a small, uh, it's a small city um, in in the international scope of things, but uh, in Norway, it's a big city. That makes sense. So, tell us a little bit more about where you're at right now. What do you like best about the area? Ah, well, what I like best about it is that it's um, it's a wonderful place to. Um, not only be a pastor, but also to spend uh, my time uh, re recreationally. The, the nature gives uh, a lot of opportunity both to, to fish and to hunt and to go hiking and things like that. And um, also sometimes the, the weather is so bad and that's also is a, a good thing because then I can sit inside and read. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I get all these, um, these good things. Uh, with uh, with this place, yes. Excellent. And uh, a good also, excuse to catch up on your theological reading, right? Yes, exactly. And it's also um, a good place to be a pastor um, in some regards at least, but uh, I'm sure you'll ask more about that later. Well, tell us a little bit more about that right now. What what are some of the good things about being a pastor there? Yes, well, the church landscape in, uh, in Norway is... Um, it's actually quite interesting because we have had during the last uh, during the 19th century we had a lot of revival movements mm. that uh, that sprung up and uh, uh, with the resulting uh, missions or organizations and uh, and things like that so let me just ask really quick could you characterize those as more like enthusiast revivals or more uh, pietistic kind of revivals? Well, well, both. Um, we, we have our share of um, the enthusi enthusiastic uh, Pentecostal revivals, mm -hmm. but you also have a lot of the Lutheran pietist uh, revivals. So that, that um, usually makes a, a good base for a congregation because the Lutheran pietists have usually um, kept themselves inside what then used to be the state church. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of uh, warm and uh, well-meaning Christians that um, um, they want and expect uh, the preaching of God's word, and uh, they, um, they make it uh, somewhat easier, at least, to be confessional. I see. So say a little bit more about that, uh, kind of the perception, at least in, from my eyes, from like an American perspective, looking at kind of my stereotype of the Norwegian churches, it's very uh, progressive and liberal and doesn't really, isn't really looking much to, to the scriptures. Is that a fair characterization as a generalization? How do you, how do you deal with that? Well, I don't think it's a fair generalization because at least at the bottom levels in the local parishes, you will find a lot of um, Christians that 
that are believers and that uh, have a love of uh, the Word of God and um, try to live their lives as Christian. But if you view the church, you know, from from top and down, where if you start at the top with the with the the synod meeting and the, the bishops and things like that, then of course it's naturally progressive and uh, and liberal. And we have few bishops left that would be termed confessional. Um, I think there's only two left that are um, male confessional uh, bishops. So that's mm, obviously um, a case that makes it uh, troublesome to um, to be in the church because uh, the church's policy that, of course, also um, afflicts us at the bottom level will be liberal and, uh, and progressive. But um, myself in my... Um, uh, in my diocese, we have uh, a good bishop, so he's um, he's a man and uh, a confessional man, so that's uh, that's good. That is wonderful. Most of our listeners will understand what we mean when we're talk using terms confessional, but to just illustrate for the listeners that might not be familiar with that language, when we say confe- when you say confessional, we're talking about adhering to the Lutheran confessions. Yes, exactly. And uh, I would add that um, we adhere to the entire Book of Concord. Yes. Right? Yes, and, and that's an important distinction, at least in Norway, because um, the Church of Norway uh, does not adhere to the entire Book of Concord. Oh. No, that's um, actually interesting, and a lot of um, foreigners give that uh, reaction. And, and the first thought then is that, all right, that's because you are liberal and you have you have left the confessions. But also when you when you look at other smaller um, synods in in Norway that would be termed confessional, uh, they also have um, not um, they, they don't have the entire book of Concord as their confession, and that actually has um, historical reasons. Because um, the, the the king of uh, the kingdom of Denmark, Norway, that uh, brought the Reformation to Norway, I don't think he saw the need to subscribe to uh, things like um, the Formula of Concord or the Schmalkald Articles, because he thought that they were like German um, German issues. Mm. So he went with, uh, I believe it's um, uh, the Augsburg Confession, naturally, the old church creeds, of course, and the small and large catechism. And um, I believe that's it, actually. Okay, no apology then? No, I don't think we have the apology as an official um, confession. I see. Um, I would argue, argue of course, of course, that uh, the entire uh, book of Concordia is important. Yes, absolutely. Mm. So let's transition back to the area that you're in right now. We've talked about the good parts, the the good bishop you have, the opportunities for recreation. What are some of the challenges of of being in that area of Norway? Well, the the first thing is that. You really quickly, if you are a confessional Lutheran and um, perhaps even of a more high church uh, 
orientation, you will uh, rather quickly be accused of being a Catholic in um, in the sense a Roman Catholic. Ah, I see. Yes, this, uh, especially the old uh, the old Pietists. They when when you come and then when they hear that um, you preach the the true word of God and the pure gospel, they will be at first be very very happy and they will say, "Oh yes, we have a good and a young priest, and he preaches the word of God." And then they will add when they see that you genuflect for the for the altar or um, or elevate the sacraments and things like that, they was like, but he's a bit Catholic." <laughs> and then they mean that you they think you are Roman, a spy from the Vatican. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, so that that's um, the the one of the well, not of the one of the issues, but um, it's it's a challenge I would term it um, from the from the Pietism because it's uh, usually low church and um, it has also taken especially in the western part of Norway um, because they are uh, they are more um, reformed in their uh, teaching. So you will uh, you will find people who hold uh, a Calvinist uh, view of the sacraments, for instance. Mm, I see. So that's um, uh, certainly a challenge. Yeah. But th- th- things are different in uh, other parts, uh, naturally, of Norway. But uh, here in the western part of Norway, uh, even those that term themselves Lutherans will usually be in danger of holding a reformed uh, view of the sacraments, for instance. Yeah, I see. Okay. What other things, perhaps not church things, more to do with the geography or the weather or the culture of that area, do you think are some challenges for, for somebody that maybe is considering moving to that part of Norway? Mm, well, I think um, you, you need to love going out into the nature if you will move there because... Um, it's not much else to do. You need to love to read or to be active outside. Yeah. Yes. Um, and also the um, the people here before you get to know them, they um, well the the English word escapes me, but they are um, I wouldn't say introverted, but they are they are hard to hard to approach. They can, they can be. Um, they can be termed as, uh, you know, uh, distant and cold, at least at the beginning. But when you when you make friends with them, they are wonderful people. Uh, but uh, in the start, they they can be a little um, distant uh, and uh, hard to approach. Mm-hmm. Yes, I see. So, mm-hmm. how large is is your parish, and how how much population is there in your area? I believe there's about ten thousand people living in this village. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, including the students uh, at the college here. There's a local a village college or, or a campus of a, a larger college, uh, but perhaps um, eight thousand are permanent uh, people living here. And um, I'm I, I don't have the exact number of my parish, but I would believe it's around six uh, to seven thousand people. Okay. Let's take a moment to thank our sponsor. If you're listening to this podcast on the go, you already know the power of having audio in your ears. And Audible wants to put the books that you want to listen to there as well with their free 30-day trial offer that comes with a free 
audiobook. If you're not sure what book you should check out, this month I'm recommending that you check out Luther's Bondage to the Will. It's one of his great treatises and the one that he looked back on and said was one of the most important. So you can check that out at audibletrial.com slash Lutheran Cartographer. Let's get back to our guest. So tell us a little bit more about that in the context of Norway. Is eight to 10,000 a large, uh, maybe not large, but like a mid-sized town or help put that in context for us? Yes. Mm, well, it's, uh, I would say it's, um, it has been a small village that now is starting to sort of become a larger village. So I would say now that it's mid-sized. A lot of the things I'm I'm doing in my church and a lot of the struggles I'm having actually are coming from people thinking it's a small village, but it's actually not anymore. So it has it has grown, but people are still thinking about their village in a small in a small size. Uh, but uh, a small village would be perhaps a village about two thousand, or e- even less. A really small village. Uh, which I also parry, uh, pastor, which is um, the, the neighboring village. It's uh, it has about two hundred inhabitants, so that's a small village. Okay, so you mentioned some of the challenges that come for your parishioners with the kind of transition and the growth. What are some of those challenges, and how are how are you addressing them as a pastor? Well, one of the things is that we we cannot anymore expect that people will show up in church just because. Because in, um, in the other parish I, I pastor, people come to church. When you invite them, when you have something for the kids or things like that, they come to church. And uh, the church is usually full. But um, that's not the case here, uh, that um, people show up just because. Because people um, stop going to church, I think, the the larger it becomes Hmm. because you get more people and, uh, yeah. Interesting. I I hadn't ever thought about it that way. Do you think it's just a matter of there's less of that accountability or do you think it's also the the culture shifting under you? What what do you think it is about that transition from a smaller place to a larger place that, that ends up with people not coming to hear the word of God? I think absolutely that uh, the lack of accountability is part of it. But um, also, when when you have this much uh, this much people, you 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 will get in the situation where not everyone is believers, mm-hmm. right? And and we know that if you're not a believer, you will just li- likely not have a, a need to hear the word of God or or receive the sacraments. So. I think that's uh, the most likely explanation that when you get these many people, you will have a larger percentage that are not believers. I see. All right. So let's. We've talked about the uh, kind of what it's like to be a Lutheran there and the good and the bad parts of it. Let's talk about uh, from your from your perspective, looking at your parishioners. What? How do you see it as a, a good or a bad place to raise a family, or what? What would you say it's like for your parishioners to raise their families in your parish? I would, yes, I would think it's uh, a good place to raise a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have a family myself yet, so I don't know firsthand. But um, I think 
honestly that this kind of village is the best place to raise a family because it's not so small that it gets isolated mm-hmm. but um, still it's not uh, as big as uh, a city perhaps so you will um, you will be able to give your kids uh, a larger part of freedom and things like that okay and um, I also think that villages in rural Norway are more protected from the the rampant progressivism in uh, in the nation uh, as a whole because in 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 cities and uh, things like that you will when you send your kids to kindergarten or to school they will um, be exposed highly to this um, liberal progressive agenda about gender and uh, sexuality and things like that mm-hmm. but we are more protected from it here because um, I have a Norwegian uh, term for it um, but I'm, uh, I haven't tried translating it to English before but um, I think I could call it some like uh, a village conservatism which is something that cements itself also in the people that that are not Christians because I think villages tend to be more conservative than cities and um, that's also something we I believe we see in history that uh, the moral downfall always starts in cities uh, but um, here you will you know have um, have people that um, not are not necessarily necessarily believers, but they will say that well, we have two genders: man is man and woman is woman, and uh, man and woman belong together. And that's they don't reflect that it's because of the Bible or because of the church fathers or the Lutheran confessions, but it's just that's how things are in their mind. Mm-hmm. That kind of rural acceptance of the way things have been and the way things are. Yes. It's a traditionalism, I think, in the rural parts of uh, of the world, and I, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Certainly. So let's talk now about, let's say that somebody is, is visiting your area. What sort of hidden gems or things that you'd recommend they go see? Well, if you are able to uh, you know, drag your eyes down from the mountains, um, we have one of the churches that... Are believed to be the oldest church in Norway. Oh, and that's um, what is called Unes Stave Church. Um, I think if you um, put in that on Google, you will get a lot of also English resources because it's um, it's a um, popular church with uh, tourists. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a stave church, um, which is from I believe um, the. Um, well, I'm, the, the, the year escapes me, but it's at least a thousand years old. That's a, a really ancient church uh, from a time when uh, the United States didn't even exist. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but, but that, that, it's, it's a wonderful church. Um, it's small and dark and, you know, it smells of, uh, of tar and uh, things like that. But... but um, uh, it's a really interesting church, uh, mainly because it's old, but also because there are few churches left that's, uh, that are built in that style. 
and uh, it also is in use as a regular parish church uh, during the summer. Yeah, no, um, I also had the joy of um, performing a wedding for an American couple, actually, uh, there uh, in that church a few years ago. Wow. Uh, yes, yeah, so that was uh, wonderful. Certainly. What other things would you point our listeners to, places to eat or other things to do? Well, with the places we eat, that's um, that's harder. I don't think this area is in a, any danger of getting uh, Michelin stars or <laughs> anything, uh, anything soon. But um, if you find a restaurant that uh, serves, um, you know, steaks of deer, perhaps that would be the best because uh, there are a lot of deer around here and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of deer hunters. So you will um, perhaps be able to find good restaurants that uh, that serve that. Okay. But otherwise, it's um, I, I think it's mainly mainly nature that people come here to see. Uh, there are of course a few sites to see, like the church and um, a few other things. But uh, I think it's mainly the nature. So enjoying the beauty of the fjords. Yes. I see. It, 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 it is really beautiful, so uh, I would really recommend uh, coming to to visit this place. All right, sounds good. I have not yet had the joy of seeing the Nor- Norwegian fjords, so hopefully someday I'll, I'll make it out your way. <laughs> All right, so as we start ca- closing out the podcast, I want to ask you, if somebody's considering a move to your area of Norway, or maybe Norway in general, what what is your both general and pastoral advice for people, say they've gotten a job offer and they're thinking about moving there? What would your thoughts be? Hmm. I would first uh, say welcome. Uh, I think Norway is uh, a wonderful place to live. It's um, small uh, internationally, of course. Uh, that makes it, um, I believe, at least at least a little bit safer uh, than uh, other countries, I believe. Um, my advice pastorally would be to find a good Lutheran church, naturally. But that exactly what that would be is, uh, um, I believe you would need to do a lot of research to find what we would term a confessional church. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the cities, you will, uh, in, at least in Bergen or Oslo, you will find a church. But if you move out into the into the countryside, you will perhaps get anything, you know, because um, there are uh, far between uh, the confessional churches. As we close out the podcast, what would you like to point our listeners to? Uh, either your church website. What would you like to uh, let our listeners know about? Well, I, I don't think I would uh, recommend a specific church uh, right now. I think if someone is moving here or wondering about Norway, they could do a research regarding to the place they are moving and see what what exists um, there. Um, but, um, well, I, I think uh, what I would uh, urge and point our listeners to is to, uh, is to pray for Lutheranism in uh, in, in Norway, um, Lutheranism is ancient here. We uh, we got the Reformation fairly early, so we have a proud Lutheran heritage, which is um, 
Well, we are certainly losing it. So um, we need uh, we need prayers, and uh, uh, we also need uh, if you know, confessional Lutherans from all over the world would move here. I think also that would <laughs> make things better. All right, sounds good. Thank you again for your time today. What are your parting thoughts for our listeners? Well. I, my parting thoughts, view uh, uh, Norway as an, uh, an interesting and wonderful country to visit. We have a lot of really nice people, and I believe that people visiting will be mostly welcome. And uh, also, if you uh, come visit, try to, try to visit a place with a confessional Lutheran church, because that will, um, I think that will strengthen us if we visit each other. Certainly, yes. All right. Thank you again. God's peace. Thank you very much, and uh, God's peace and blessing. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For more about the things that we talked about today, check out the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash 19. encourage you to check out that Audible offer if you'd like. That's at audibletrial.com slash lutherancartographer. And so you know, you actually get to keep your audiobook whether or not you decide to continue with the audible service last i want to encourage you to check out the show and subscribe on stitcher or on itunes so you don't miss an episode thanks again for listening i'm nicholas weber i'll talk to you soon